1: hello and welcome to another episode of no small roles a DD podcast where there are no small roles just small actors tiny tiny actors whispering <laughs> sweet nothings into your earholes. Uh, i'm david knight i'm dungeon master for this bunch of ramblers everybody say hi, hi. hello hi. Uh, and if you've gotten this far you should have some idea of what you're getting into so cue the theme tune
2: Pay your party of players and polyhedral dice Your tragic backstory better be worth the sacrifice Seize your sheets and D20 Let's
1: play D&D, D&D.
2: Your haggard character swaggers with daggers in each hand
3: You've all discussed what you must But even better slave plans Take a turn when checks are missed
4: Roll initiative Brandish your blaze don't
1: fail your saves No risk too great No choice
5: too bold. This is your story No guts, no glory
0: Confront your fate
5: with every role
2: inside one who will pay the price then chance of success will rest
5: upon the dice no risk too great no choice too bold this is no small rolls
1: so after each journeying through the lock wood to reach tillersham the party met in the knocking point tavern only to find that the entire brewery had already been stolen Uh, You paid for rooms and headed for the only other drinking spot in town, the Woodman and Wolf, where you met some of the locals, including the guard captain's daughter, Atrella, who was very upset due to a recent breakup with a young noble, Trimpt Vondel. When you returned to the knocking point, the barkeep, Iris, uh, agreed to refund your room fee if you could discover who had robbed him. A brief drunken investigation of the site found some magical oil, and with Orin's detect magic goggles, uh, discovered that some conjuration magic had also been used on the inside of the doorframe. Iris assumed that the Witch in the Woods had taken it, as the only other known spellcaster in town was Lady Vondell, the town's noble leader. The next day, you followed various leads around town, attempting to deliver a letter to Dr. Ardison Hograd, who was apparently missing, and whose office was similarly robbed. Whilst Gwendolyn continued her search for her bardic lover, Dwayne, she found out that he had auditioned for the Vondale family, and then she gained an invitation to luncheon the following day by a rather forward trimpt. After Juna found herself drawn into conversation with an overly chatty cobbler, uh, you were told that if anyone had seen the doctor recently it would probably be one of the guards mir nellis whose mother took regular medicine for gallows cough mir however did not know the doctor's whereabouts and worried that their mother would not receive the needed medicine asked if you would approach ruana Witten, the witch in the woods uh, for help deciding to go and find the witch for answers you headed out into the wood so, it's past noon, as you step beyond the first trees of the Loch the canopy is casting dappled shadows on the roots and moss below. The sounds of the forest wildlife chirp and buzz around you, and even though you've all experienced some unpleasantness on your travels through the woods recent, recently, uh, you can't help but enjoy the calm atmosphere of the woodland. It's um, very nice. So who is taking the lead in wandering into the woods?
2: I think I, uh, Gwendolyn, will be um, on quite a direct... She's, she's really moving. She's, she's getting through. She's, she's, she wants to make things happen. She's full of lots of aggression and uh, she, she needs to take it out on something. I think Juna's bringing up the rear.
4: I'm waiting with Juna.
3: Oh you're so you're so lovely, Enki do. Oh lovely boy.
1: As a question, does anyone know where they're going?
6: We're going into the woods. Well, we had an encounter in the woods um uh yesterday actually. It was uh with a lady with copper hair. Um
3: It can't do any harm, can it? To go back to where we came from.
6: I mean, you say it can't do any harm, but she did do quite a bit of
4: harm. To us.
3: I mean, we didn't die, did we? We just nearly died.
4: Yeah, that is true, to be fair. We didn't die. While that is a sound reasoning, I I would cast a bit of doubt on this theory. If this woman was which i'm not saying that she isn't she potentially could be why didn't she use some kind of sophisticated magic to do away with us why does she have to go out of her way to knock us out and then leave us to the mercy of that cave
6: well no one in the town seemed to be that clued up either they just kept telling us stories about people who disappeared into the woods never to be seen again until they came back a day later
7: let's also keep in mind folks that uh, we don't want to necessarily start a fight with this lady we just want to get some information like you know
2: Gwendolyn realizes that everyone's really far behind her, and so she starts marching back to
3: join everyone. <laughs> what creatures are around? What of these lovely wildlife noises that we can hear? What what small the, beasts wildlife, might be around?
1: There's, there's a fair few birds and little insects and things. Um, a few little sparrows, like hopping from bush to bush.
3: Could could Juno approach a sparrow?
5: Yeah.
3: Um, and she's gonna sort of just come quite near the sparrow, lean down, leaning on her little stick, and she's gonna she's gonna um talk to the sparrow and say um little fella do you know the witch in the wood ruana witten by any chance
1: the little sparrow sort of like hops across a couple of different bl- branches isn't that afraid of you actually especially as it's it seems to have an understanding of what it is that you're saying to it which is a question can everybody else hear you using like common language or does it sound like bird talk
3: i think it, it sounds like human talk so it looks like she's just gone up to a sparrow. <laughs>
6: Just chatting you. away, right? Yes. Amazing. <laughs> Look like we've fallen into Snow White.
1: Um, so yeah, <laughs> it, it, it jumps from branch to branch for a moment, like cocks its head, and then um, like through like little ruffles of its feathers, and like like the way it tilts its head directly at you, and a couple of little chirps. Um, you seem to understand that it has heard of her, but it doesn't necessarily know exactly where she is.
3: Well, he doesn't know exactly. This little sparrow. Actually, that has heard of the witch, but can't help us. I'm afraid. So there we go.
4: You've just talked to a sparrow, okay? Well, if a sparrow lives in these woods and the witch is here, anything unnatural, they'd be the first ones to see, wouldn't they? I mean, that's that's a solid thing to do.
3: Um, sparrow, do you you reckon you could maybe fly towards where it might be? (laughs) You're
7: finding this very strange. No, I'm I'm very aware how weird. It is, watching this gnome talk to this sparrow. This uh, little sparrow
6: sort of chirps a little bit to
7: you,
1: flies up to another little tree, and you can see it's sort of like flown up to another sparrow. Starts, chirp, 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 And that little sparrow flies over to another little sparrow, who starts mm. chirping away again. And the third sparrow sort of flies down and lands on the bush in front of you, Juna. And sort of like chirps a little bit at you and like ruffles its feathers, like flaps its wings once, uh, which you understand as meaning this one can lead you some of the way.
3: She turns around and says, this is our sparrow. This is the one. Oh, take us, take us by all means. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you.
1: Um, And this little, this little, uh, this little thing, like sort of brown mottled little sparrow, um, little pointed beak, sort of flies up tree to tree and sort of leading you in a way, it doesn't feel in a very direct route as you begin to follow it. And he just flies from to, from one tree to the not- another and just stops there, waits for you to catch up, and then flies another way, a little way ahead. And this goes on actually for quite a while. How how far into the woods are you willing to follow this sparrow?
2: As far as it takes. Yeah.
7: While we're walking, can I just like lean over to Gwen and just be like, um, Gwen, have you, because um, you know Juna from way back, have you ever witnessed her speaking with like little animals and woodland creatures? Is that her thing?
2: I didn't actually know they could really listen back I just thought it was Juna being Juna and um talking to animals but you know or talking to herself it's just a very Juna thing to do really but it's really okay I mean, I'm quite surprised that they can hear her so that's that's something new I've learned but you know it, um it's very useful yeah
7: yeah well that is yet to be determined but uh absolutely let's uh see how this how, how this goes
2: at least there's more of us than last time
7: yeah that's true mm-hmm. I don't want to see any undead thing
2: let's but let's not show them we're scared no
7: no that's that's so true I'm I'm not scared at all like
2: Gwendolyn holds his hand in in a reassuring way, not in a sexy way.
1: Juno following up the rear, just like Aw.
2: oh, she hears Juno go oh, and kind of like slowly like moves her hand away as though it was just like an accident, yeah. like you know, like when you're like go, ah, like brush your hands <laughs> through your hair sort of thing. She's like, <laughs>
1: um, so as you're all following the sparrow, um, it, like I say, it's a good couple of hours of of this thing heading. You realise more northward it's not in a direct line you do find yourself like weaving backwards and forwards as it's trying to find trees and bushes to land on and occasionally gets distracted in itself by by berries and and like stopping for a drink and all the rest of it but what are you doing as you're as you're following it like i say it's a good couple of hours of, of trumping through the woods
6: uh i think oren's gonna pull out sort of various little bits and pieces that he keeps in his bag and just sort of fiddle with inventions little bits and pieces as he walks along I think enormous. June is
3: asking him lots of questions. Oh, what's that? That's very interesting.
6: Yeah, well, that's that's a spanner.
3: Oh.
6: Yeah. No. Useful. Yeah. Very useful. Got got different sizes. There's uh, different things need different different size spanners. You see, so different ends on them as well.
3: How interesting. Can you fix anything with that spanner? Yeah, I mean I can. I can fix pretty much
6: anything. I mean, not necessarily with the spanner. I mean, I've got other bits and pieces as well. You know, sometimes you need a blowtorch. Sometimes you need. Uh, sometimes you need a hammer. Sometimes you need uh, yeah, a wrench.
3: What a handy boy you are! Oh,
6: thank you. No,
1: I'm gonna leave that up to Ben. Like he's in charge of all inventions in this world. <laughs> of all mechanical things. He's deciding what it's yes. all called.
5: <laughs> Everything.
1: <laughs> I am the god of invention. Uh, Enkidu, how are you, how are you, what are you doing over the, the few hours of, of travel? Um
4: as soon I'm I'm checking around to see if no one's too close to me, apart from Juno, who I decide to like stick behind sometimes to make sure she's with us.
1: Make a make a perception
4: check. Sixteen.
1: Sixteen. Oh, okay. Actually, you're keeping a fairly good watch out as you're, as you're walking then. Um, there's a few times that you do see sort of moving cat-like shapes further off, That, um, especially from what uh, Gwendolyn and Gaius have told you. Like, you're like, there's panthers over there. But they, they never seem to come too close, especially where the, the five of you are making a fair amount of noise tromping through the... I keep saying tromping. Tromping through the forest. Uh, making your way.
4: Yeah, but I was going to say I was um, trying to whisper... To my patron.
5: Hmm.
1: Um. So yeah, you sort of have a little little talk. What do you What do you say? What do you
4: whisper? Are you there? Is there? What am I doing? Is this even remotely relative to what's important?
1: Make a make a charisma check.
4: Just a straight charisma. <laughs> uh. I'd, okay. So that's fourteen.
1: Okay. Um. So, uh, so probably after about sort of five ten minutes, after you sort of stop saying things out loud and start internalizing, as you as you walk, um, you do just get a very very s- so quiet just in the background, just in just in the back of your head. It's a very familiar sense, uh, and just the words, "Keep going, brother," <sighs> and that's that's all you get. But at the same time, um, you like yeah, that, that sense of like comfort and like you know that they're that they're with you as you're walking. you, you, you still don't really understand what everything is happening to you um, but just that that brief that brief little little whisper is just enough to be like, okay,
4: all right, no answers yet, but <laughs> yeah. a bit of comfort. That's a lot. Yeah, cool. And I kind of whispered, thanks, just yeah, carry on walking
1: so uh Gwendolyn and gaius then what are you two doing
2: guy um i, re- I realized I- i've known you for a little while now and um i've never actually asked you about your mask
7: oh yeah this thing um oh yeah yeah it's just like a shtick it's just like a thing but um it's it's just sticking a thing with a purpose like it you know adds a bit of mystery to my character i'm very like you know I'm a simple guy, simple needs, that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, everyone's gotta have a shtick. So, this I is my shtick.
2: Shtick? I've not heard that expression before.
7: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just um, yeah. It's uh it's, it's kind of my thing. Yeah. Do um, you ever take it off? Uh, well, no, not really, because it's like you know, it's like well, uh, there was this, uh, there was this um, tale once I heard of this guy called Superman, and like basically. Uh Superman had a choice whether to, like, take his clothes... Not his whole clothes. No, no, God, not his whole clothes. But, like, change his clothes because he had, like, super clothes and he had normal clothes. But I like the idea that he always wears super clothes. So I would just wear the super mask all the time.
2: Well, it's super. Just like you.
7: Ah, yeah, thank you very much.
2: Yes, but, you know, if, if you know, you ever did want to take it off... um,
7: Oh, you thank want. you very much. That's very kind of you. But don't worry. Nah, not a need, not a need, because... This guy, like you say, he's super. And I will uh, start picking up the lute and start playing uh, a song. Uh, the Ballad of Superman. Yes.
5: <laughs>
1: can, you, can you make a performance check, oh please? By episode five, I want the full version. Um, and 19. That's a pre- pretty stunning song. Even the rest of you, like, sort of listening as you're walking along. Just like, by the end, you're like, you're all like singing that same little
7: refrain to each other. Oh, what a tune! Oh, well, thanks very much. Like you know, like not a lot of people enjoy like my kind of music, but hey, if it gets you, if it gets those gears going, as a uh, our man Oren would say, hey, that's all, that's all I need.
5: <laughs>
7: Oren goes a little bit red. So, um, out of everyone, Enkidu's probably
1: kept the best eye on where the sparrow's going, uh, as the only one to to say that he was watching things, um, but um juna juna's watching juna's watching the
3: sparrow too she's
1: she is getting a bit distracted by orange but it gets to probably about three four o'clock in the afternoon uh as you know it and none of you have eaten since breakfast
3: um, juna might have a little bit of a forage she's got one eye out for these like blueberries of course
1: because you're after uh, anyway you're going to the witch uh, to help Mir, um to see if you can find any sort of bluish berry type potion um for gallows cough uh so yeah if you want to make a survival check or a nature check actually i suppose it's up to you with what you're looking for
3: cool i'll do nature 17 17 yeah 18 18 18, 18
1: even better um so you, <laughs> you don't find any uh bluish berries but you do find uh a couple of uh, fruit bearing trees uh that have got like little pear type type things hanging from them uh they look really quite good enough to eat um uh and whilst you've not necessarily eaten that exact breed of pear before like you you're fairly certain with a with an 18 that it's 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 safe food
3: anyone fancy a pear
7: sure yeah oh, of course absolutely. yeah i'll take some
3: i'm not sure if i can reach from here so if- Oh, I maybe climb, maybe
2: Gwen. If you if you pick a few from the branches, absolutely. Um, I start shimmying up the tree to try and get like the tallest.
4: As soon as she starts climbing, the Kilo casts uh, Mage Hand just above where she's trying to get to and plucks it off before she gets to it. <laughs> 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 and he finds that hilarious. Though,
1: like... um, can you both make can you both make sleight of hand checks to see who gets there first?
4: Natural
6: 20. <laughs> hey, oh, oh. No. <laughs> oh.
2: Um, I, I, no. I got a 13. Oh. But, okay, so if I was like going to swipe for it, then yeah. maybe I should just check like I'm able to keep my balance when I miss it. Please do. Uh,
1: acrobatics or athletics, whichever you prefer.
2: Okay. Did you say athletics or acrobatics? Mm-hmm. Uh
1: that'd be a twenty-four. A twenty-four. Oh yeah, you're perfectly fine. Um so yeah, you do have a very slight wobble. Uh to, from everyone uh, down at the base of the tree. Like even in Kidu, you you have that moment of regret that you're like, oh, maybe she's gonna fall on this. Um and very deftly, Gwendolyn is like basically holding onto the trunk with her with her knees like swings out. It looks like she's falling back and then just like holds her position and just pulls herself back up, right? Like,
2: like a really good pole dancer, really
1: right? Really good pole dancer. Like yeah. super impressive, like almost like soldier army level type of athletics going on. It's very impressive. Yeah,
4: Enkidu sees that and he's, he's, he kind of like narrows his eyes and goes, huh.
2: And then I look at Enkidu and I go, huh. And I go and get some <laughs> more pairs. <laughs>
4: Akeedoo like looks away, but he's got a small little smirk.
2: Like I start like kind of, kind of trying to throw them to everybody like, oh, catch this one, catch this one. I'm just in loving being up in the tree.
1: <laughs> um, and even that little sparrow is like bouncing around branch to branch around you, like, <laughs> like, like enjoying almost like the playfulness of you, like grabbing throughout the tree. And when one, like inevitably somebody doesn't catch one down at the bottom, like it just flies down and starts like pecking away. Um, Gwendolyn, actually from up where you are, can you make a perception check?
2: That is a 17. 17? Oh, lovely.
1: Um, so just from your vantage point, you can see a s- bit of a small clearing. Like, as you sort of look out across, like, some of the treetops, you see that it does it clears a little bit, dips down, and, and you can see just in amongst it, there's some deer grazing just there, not too far from you.
2: I can see, just in clearing over there, that there is a group of deer, uh, if anybody's
4: interested. I kind of look at Orin and kind of just kind of shrug, like... We do have gear
6: that's appropriate for hunting. I can I can go hunting. Are we staying here for a bit? Are we was that the plan? Like... I
2: mean it's free food.
7: One deer could probably see us through for this expedition at least for a few day yeah. for a few days. Yeah.
2: Yes, um oh, I can show you the way very stealthily. Uh maybe not so stealthily. <laughs> <laughs> uh that that would be a, a six. A six.
1: Oh, wonderful! Um, so maybe as you're getting a bit distracted by by, by dropping the pears into your bag, uh, do you have a moment that like you're like okay, being sneaky, being sneaky, trip straight over a root, almost let out a little squeal, even from actually like as you're sneaking closer to the the deer though, you make the noise and they don't react. Like in, in just a little bit through the trees that you can see, they don't react. They're still they're still there. They're still like grazing on something.
3: Juno says hello. I don't know if she can talk to that size beast.
7: Hello, I'd like to eat you today. Is that all right? <laughs> Which
1: you know, Juno, you'd probably yeah. know that they were a bit big. You can, you're still welcome to okay. talk to them anyway. You want to try? But <laughs> like, you you know, yeah. She that.
3: just says hello, and nothing happens, and she just sort of sits on a.
1: Yeah, and they're still like I say, they're still not moved, even with that little calling out. One of them like maybe lifts their head a little bit, but then it's like straight back into into eating.
6: They're all gathered. Do they look like normal deer, or do, they look... do they look... Make
1: perception check. You're probably, you're probably in about way. 30 feet away at this point, sneaking in as you can. Um, six. Six? No idea. Hey. <laughs> hey. Oh, dear.
6: <laughs> <laughs> so, more of that if you keep subscribing to this podcast. <laughs> That's
1: our level of comedy. Um, yeah, no, they, they look fine from, from where you are, Oren.
6: Are we, are we doing this? I'm going to start pulling the short bow off my back.
4: Like, okay, Orin. shall we agree to attack the same deer? Double the chances of success of at least eating one, because one would do us well for the for the night. Whatever's closest. I point at the deer that's closest. <laughs> i kind of not. <laughs> Just so we're yeah. on the same page. <laughs> that one. that one. Yeah, that one.
1: String that my arrow. String my well. Cool, if you could both make attack rolls then, please.
4: Natural 20. <laughs> Whoa. 15. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that's a 21. Yeah. Uh, they,
1: they both hit. They both strike. Uh, roll your damage. Oh, I rolled a six, so
7: eight. Is there like a baby deer, like far off, like sat next to a, a, another rabbit that's thumping its foot? No. <laughs> <And a skunk.
5: laughs> oh no.
7: Bambi.
1: No, they're all, they're all fully grown deer. They've all got like their hinds to you. Um, like I say, they're sort of chowing down on something. Um, what was the damage again from both of you? Eight from me, uh, one from me. Oh, amazing! Um, so both of you strike the same the same deer, and it like drops to the floor almost straight away. And that's when sort of the others actually turn their faces to you. They lift up out of out of the bloody mess that they're eating, uh, and just slowly like turn to where the arrows uh, are looking. Their their faces scratched up, covered in blood, um, and actually now that you've got a bit more look at their face some of their necks as well have been like torn and, and, and gashed open and this one deer that's dropped to the floor that you've just shot two arrows into just slowly like forces its way back up and just turns uh, and looks at you Ooh. all as well can you oh. roll initiative please roll initiative
6: ah, I like it <laughs> That's insane! I don't think they're normal oh. deer.
7: <laughs> oh no!
6: Okay, okay, okay.
1: Initiative, uh, twenty-five to twenty. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> that resounding 20 silence. Twenty to fifteen. Seventeen. Oh, Eighteen. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, who got fifteen to ten? Fifteen. Ten to five. Seven. Uh, so, uh, Juno, you're first up. These five deer are gathered around a bloody mess all of them staring at you all of them clearly uh undead in some way um you can just about make out and especially from the reactions of Orin and Kidu and and Gwendolyn, and even uh guy next to you just a slight panic in him you, you realize there's danger
3: juna sort of heaves herself up off the rock with her quarter staff and takes some sort of tentative but relatively calm steps forward and sort of looks round uh sort of the the bush tree which is in her way and Allah revealing the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park with a terrifying zombie deer tinge uh, she sees the deer raises up her staff uh and points the staff towards the deer Um, And casts chill touch, so a necrotic zombie-like bony hand weaves its way out of the end of her quarterstaff, and the nearest deer to her, Mm -hmm. um, she grabs it with this like disgusting necrotic hand and grabs it by the scruff of of, of its neck.
1: Amazing! Uh, Make an attack roll.
3: Twelve.
1: Twelve misses. No. (gasps) (laughs) What?
3: She, she turns around and goes, it's been a while since I've used this one.
4: <laughs> Akindu, like Akindu's heart was like in his mouth. He was like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. And then he was like. Um, yeah, <laughs> especially where
1: like this one is still like the closest one was the one that was shot down in the first place. It's still making its way up. It sort of stumbles a moment uh, just as this hand like passes over to grab it and just then fizzles out into necrotic smoke.
6: Orin, uh, it's your turn. Okay, so Orin is kind of crouching behind the bush where he's, where he's sniped this deer, which is then witnessed just get up off the ground and come back to life seemingly, mm-hmm. or undeath, or whatever it is. Um, I think he's going um, to put his bow away. He's going to pull out his welding torch off his belt, grab a, grab a couple of tools and just sort of adjust, adjust the range a little bit from, from where he is, point it towards the nearest deer that he can see, the one that he's already hit with an arrow and seems to have got back on its feet. And and fire his welding torch of fire bolts. Uh, awesome. Yeah, make, make your attack. Um, ooh, ooh, 18. 18 hits, eighteen
1: hits. Uh, yeah. Damage.
6: Two points of fire damage. Two points
1: of fire. <laughs>
6: um. So
1: again, yeah. same guy at the front. Uh, you're like, uh, the arrow didn't work. Uh. So this little like burst of flame. Um. When it comes out of your, especially over that distance, obviously a welding torch is quite a small flame normally, so is does it just come out as a longer flame, or does it, like, float off? I think
6: it comes out at that distance, and I think that, so when he's gone in and he's adjusted it, so rather than coming out in a continual flame, like a, like the normal welding torch, he's, he's adjusted with it. Instead, like, a little globule of fire like flies out the end of the welding torch, and you just see it arc through the sky to impact, rather unsuccessfully, on this yeah, right, <laughs> undead deer thing.
1: Uh, and You know, it does, it does, it you can see it collide with, like, its its side um, and, like, instantly burn away some of the, the fur and the flesh uh, just there. Uh, but this thing, like, doesn't seem to be all that bothered and just, like, starts, like,
6: lumbering its way over to you. Um, okay, he's coming towards me. Um, then can I have a... Oh, yeah, bonus Sorry. action. Sir. Yeah, bonus action. So can I just have a quick look around at my companions mm-hmm. and see if anyone has an obvious weapon that they look like they might begin to use? And mm. Enkidu's got a
1: uh, scimitar. Um, and Juna's got her staff And Gwendolyn um, I don't has know. a spear Gwendolyn's got a spear Oh, and um, Gaius has got a big
6: longsword on his back Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold fire on that But I'm just going to keep an eye out uh, Just to see if anyone's going to be using any weapons in this fight
5: mm-hmm.
6: And I'm going to stay where I am, please Cool, it's uh, the deer's turn The five of them, like, especially having this
1: fire Like, thrown over at them Just start, like, lumbering forward And it gets up to a little bit of a gallop uh, uh, and yeah all five come running over like some of them have got little antlers on, on their heads and just start uh, ploughing into everyone that's down at the front um,
3: oh, you do know I live next to Richmond Park baby, dear, baby. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to go back in there anymore
1: right. oh, I took a walk through Bushy Park this morning and I was like oh look at these deer mm, undead deer hmm um, so uh, with the way uh, that you the five of you have sort of bottlenecked yourselves in between a bush and a, and a fallen tree um, the uh, only three of the deer managed to get close uh, but one of them goes straight for uh, you Warren. Uh interestingly doesn't try and get you with its with its antlers it tries to bite you um, but it rolls a six no, that misses. No, so it's like its teeth, and like especially up close, you can see how its mouth has just been like torn in different places, and there's rips right the way through its through its skin and its fur, and it's it's, it's quite matted with mud and blood all over it, uh, ah. and it's just gnashing at you. But you manage to duck out of the way. Uh, one of them goes for you, Juno. Figures, uh, which is a fifteen to hit. It hits. It hits, uh, and you take. Two points of piercing damage as uh, again like it, it's it's disgusting little mouth just starts like gnashing away and it just like uh, it goes to to bite you and you, you whack your stick up but it just like manages to peek past and like chomp into your chest and finally the last one's gonna go for you and Kidu. but it only rolls a 7 it misses. Yeah, that, that wasn't all that good, was it, <laughs> that round? But yeah, so you, again, you managed to just parry it, um, like, knock its head out of the way so that it, it doesn't land. Uh, but yeah, there's two more behind these three that are just, like, pushing forward and, like, almost clambering over the the three in front to try and, like, get to, to you all. Uh, but Gwendolyn, it's your turn.
2: Okay, um, so I'm going to move a little to to my right. I'm moving a little <laughs> bit to my right so I can get a clearer shot at... Um, at some of these deers. Um, I'm going to go for whichever one's kind of... I mean, they all look pretty bloody, um, mm-hmm. but the one that looked, maybe looked the most damaged. And I, she is going to reach into her coat and get one of her very fine darts. And these darts are beautiful. They have um, pearl on them and um, some gorgeous, like, uh, beautifully coloured feathers. Um, at the end and the the, so she takes this dart and she aims for like the eye so 18 to hit
4: yeah that
1: definitely hits Clyde's right with this thing's eye
2: okay and that is 5 damage 5 damage
1: Um, so this one um, again it's the same one that's it's got two arrows stuck out of its bum and half of it's like sort of burnt down one side and then this dart just goes flying through the air just especially it's it's the one that's uh, launching its way into Juna as well uh and this dart just, like, just skims Juna's head and goes straight into this deer's eye. Um, and there's, like, this horrible, like, popping noise Ugh. as as it, like, lands and collides. And, like, its entire head just rocks backwards. And the thing collapses onto the ground.
2: Uh, and as I can do a bonus action on arm strike, what I want to do is the deer right in front of Venkidu, I basically want to kind of run at it and kick it in the face but then as i'm doing that i'm kind of using it to jump up into that tree
1: okay um make make an attack roll first
2: that's a 12
1: a 12 so it doesn't actually hit um but you do obviously you, you're trying to do this like cool jump thing uh, so make an acrobatics check as well Okay. essentially just to see if you go flying over the deer
2: acrobatics you say um, mm-hmm. that is that's
1: also that's a 13 a 13 um, so you land in the branches of the tree um, and you realise like obviously this this is a nice fallen tree that you've all been hiding behind um, that as you like land in it it's it's a lot less solid than you would think it being the top of a tree <laughs> so like you sort of land and just get like tangled a little bit in some of the, the broken leaves and um, and like land awkwardly with your ankle you're still on your feet, but you're 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 okay. I'm okay! Um it is Enkidu's turn. Obviously, this uh, this deer's just come gnashing at you and then <laughs> Gwendolyn's like almost run just around you, done like a weird flip over it.
4: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Goodness me. And I the one in front of me, I Hexblade Curse. Uh that's four points of slashing damage altogether. Four points. <laughs> Do you know what? That's actually enough. Uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You manage to... You swing your sword around and, and with the, the, the hex energy that's surrounding it, uh, your blade is almost driven directly into its neck. Uh, and you slice downwards. You think, that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong hit. Uh, and this thing lumbers for a moment, almost like knocks into Gwendolyn, rocks back again, <laughs> and then just steadies itself, collapses. But then, just as it's about to hit the floor fully... Like its legs, just start pushing it back up again.
4: Oh my ah! gosh!
1: <laughs> and like, even though it's like it's got a massive, massive gash in the sides of it, uh, side of its neck where you've got it, it's it's almost like it's down to the spine. This cup, its head is still, even though barely attached, is still just looking directly at you.
2: Um, I didn't notice. Did I kill that other deer?
1: You did, oh, yeah, cool. and it didn't get back up.
2: Awesome, lovely. I certainly yeah. didn't that, notice that because I'm so excited about jumping into a tree.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you got your priorities right? Yeah. yeah.
7: <laughs> look cool, then worry about the yeah. killing. The deer. <laughs> and right now at the back, uh, Gaius is absolutely thinking that's a fantastic idea as he starts like, looking around for any climbable trees. He can't see any <laughs> and he's really upset by this, so he's like, oh god, okay, um, uh, okay, okay. And he just whips out his uh, battered up uh, loot and he will um, look towards Juno. Um, who looks like right in the thick of it and we will just uh, start riffing off like a Oh, against the might of, Ju- of Juna You're definitely gonna face death sooner And <laughs> she will uh, uh, like get Bardic inspiration for that So that's a D6 uh, Okay, okay, who looks really bad right now?
1: Juna, I think, is the only one that's taken any damage so far
7: Okay, in that case then Oh gosh, I can't think of anything else um, I'm gonna make uh, Oh, Juna you're lovely like the light of a lunar eclipse and then that, that doesn't make sense and then you will get back some um lovely healing which will be uh five points of healing
3: that's very nice of you i, I can only take two of them though <laughs> <laughs> but um, Juno appreciates it
1: and Juno, it's now your turn
3: oh brilliant um so sort of like with the bardic inspiration, she feels all warm and having seen Gwen just shoot the deer in front of her in the eye, uh, she sees another deer right in front of her, the one that's gone for Orin, and not, she's not she's it's not got Orin, has it?
1: No, it's, it's just snapping
3: him. away at him. <laughs> and what Juna would like to do... Is she's got her quarter staff out pointed in front of her. She's gonna lift it up above her head and she's gonna try and jab the butt like the bottom bit of the quarter staff just in the eye of the other deer that's around her.
1: Make an attack roll.
3: Screw it. I'm gonna just roll my bardic inspiration. 10! Come on! Come on, ten. DM! 10. That
1: is unfortunately still too low. <laughs>
3: It's
5: still
1: missing. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this thing is thrashing about and the more that it can't get to Orin, the like the more um, like chaotic its movements are becoming. Uh, so as you're like trying to like jab it, especially like directly in the eye, you do sort of like touch it a little bit as it, you just catch its chin, but not enough really to do any damage, but you, you yeah, you're just, like, poking it, basically. It takes it takes some notice <laughs> like of <a> you. Like a
3: specimen. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, like, more like poking it off, like, away, rather than actually, like, doing any damage.
6: Um, Oren, it's your turn, though. Okay, uh, so Oren finds himself face-to-face with this, um, this rather infuriated-looking deer in front of him. Um, and having had a look around and seeing if people are using weapons or not, he's kind of like, oh, I think my weapon's going to be as useful as anyone else's. He's going to um, pull out his will from his pouch Mm. um, and he's just going to pull out his little hammer which he keeps on his belt and he's going to quickly carve like a couple of little symbols almost into his hammer turning it into a magic weapon. Nice. Um, Oh my gosh. And then he's going to um, try and hit the deer in front of him with his now magical hammer. (laughs) Uh, Ooh. Ooh! uh, With the magic weapon, uh, that is an 18. That hits, yeah. We'll do six points of Hammer damage I don't know what type of damage it is Bludgeoning <laughs> Six <laughs> points uh,
1: <surf>. um, so <laughs> of Magical <laughs> bludgeoning damage Yeah with this thing's face Right up in your space uh, You you get your hammer You lift it high like Having scribbled on it And uh, bring it straight down Onto its snout And its snout almost drops Completely to the floor Twitches And then Even just in the dirt Starts like Towards your feet <laughs>
2: ah, I don't know how you kill these things well, didn't quite hammer at home.
1: Hey. Hey. We are we are honoured with the puns oh tonight, ladies and gentlemen. No small pants. Nailed it. <laughs> Okay, it's the deer's turn and I hope they kill you all. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Don't worry, our new characters will have just as
1: bad <laughs> as, uh, Um So the one going for your feet, Oren, um, it's going to roll a 15 altogether. Does it hit? Yeah, that will hit, that will hit, that will get my feet. Uh, cool, you only take one point of piercing damage as it like snaps uh, into your, like chomps into your foot. You have to shake it off a little bit, kick away. Uh, one of the ones uh, that's sort of been stuck behind and is scrambling over runs right the way down and starts lashing at you, Enkidu. Um, it's uh, 13 to hit. Miss. Miss. Alright, you're okay. The the second one that was in the sort of second ranks runs at you, Juna. Uh, starts biting and that rolls an 11 to hit you.
3: Haha, <laughs> it doesn't hit. Oh, these deer, they're
1: not very good, these zombie deer. Like I say, they're very, they're very loose mouth. The one that you managed to gash his neck open, uh, Enkidu, that actually turns its attention over to Gwendolyn who's just like leapt over it. Uh, so it rolls an attack and it rolls a four altogether.
2: It does not hit.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was a very successful Shock. round for the deer there. But basically all four of them, yeah, they just they're, you can see them getting angrier and angrier as they're, they're struggling to, to eat any of you. Um, but there's a lot of like blood spray as they're like flashing their faces around. It is Gwendolyn's turn.
2: Right, I'm going to get my spear from my back and I am going to basically try and just like smash it down through the deer right in front of me, the one that's face is hanging off. Mm-hmm.
1: Ten. Ten does not hit, unfortunately. Yuck. Maybe maybe it's because its its neck is... Its head isn't staying in one position for too long. It's sort of flopping backwards and forwards a bit.
2: And now I'm really pissed off because I missed this deer twice, so I am just going <laughs> to flamp it one.
1: Go on. <laughs> <laughs> 15. Fifteen. hits. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. That is five damage. Five damage. Um, oh, amazing. So you lamp it one so hard, its head and its little bit of spine just snaps that little bit further off and the body collapses onto the ground uh, and stops moving.
2: And uh, Gwendolyn looks at uh, Enkidu and says,
4: two down, three to go. <laughs> um, Enkidu absorbs... Absorbs the three hit points from the beast and goes oh, I think you've given me a bit of pep in my step. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> uh, and do it's
4: your turn. Bonus, bonus action, I'm going to like press my left hand uh, underneath my armpit and hexblade curse and the one next next to me so I can mm-hmm. move my curse over to It's bonus action and I'm going to swipe it with the shimatar. Nice. 17 to hit. 17 definitely hits. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Three. Oh my gosh! Again, uh, four points of slashing damage.
1: Four points. Four points is enough to knock this thing down again. Um, you manage, like, uh, as with with one of your flourishes, you manage to like swipe its legs, uh, like sort of duck out of the way of its of its of its mouth, swipe one of its legs to the point that it basically takes it out. Um, but however, even though it's got like one leg, it sort of slumps into the dirt. It's doing the same thing over the one uh, as, the, as the one that's going for Orin. And it's just like scrabbling forwards, trying to get to you.
7: Gaius, it's your turn. Gaius is going to um, look at the uh, the monsters in front of him. His friend's fighting them. He's going to notice again that Juna has like uh, got two of these thrashing beasts in front of her. So he's going to pick one of them and throw a string of insults towards it um, and is going to cast Vicious Mockery at the deer.
3: I love Vicious Mockery so much!
7: (laughs) Amazing. How do you insult a deer? Uh, uh... Ooh, I heard you through the grapevine Heard spelt H-E-R-D That Ah! you're gonna (laughs) die right now (laughs) (laughs) Um... That's going to be uh, two damage and it's disadvantage on its next attack. Amazing, amazing. Um, so it's still
1: standing, but there is a very brief moment. This this one deer like looks up over Juno's head at you, shakes its head in in disappointment, um, and then returns to thrashing about. Um, it is Gaius, Do you have any bonus actions you want to do?
7: How's Aurin looking at the moment? Uh, I'm, I'm good, I'm looking fine I've just got a deer hanging on my foot but he's looking fine Okay, uh, uh, cool Alright, in that case then Um. I'm just going to go With Zorin With Orin He's going to kill all the deer in this damn place And now, bardic inspiration as well to you, sir Ah. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant Yeah, Juna, over to yeah, you Yeah,
3: Juna has got her staff on this deer's eye The one that's going for Orin Like, she's I think mm. she's She's seen what happened to the deer, and she wants to get that quarter staff. It's I with a sixteen this time. Sixteen hits. Hooray! Yeah,
1: yeah especially with it being on the floor. Um, roll roll damage yeah. just to be sure. Um, four damage. Four damage. Yeah. Bloody um, So especially where this one is like on the floor, like going after Orange. foot. No. Ah! Uh, you managed to just position like your quarter staff and just like push it down and like push almost its face sort of squelches a little bit like uh, you push it in, almost as if the bones have just gone a little bit not rubbery but like a little bit soft so like you push it hold it into the eye and just push down and there's like a as you like push and you feel your staff go right the way through the skull into the dirt below uh, and as you sort of pull it back out again it stops moving the the, the whole carcass is limp on the ground uh, that's actually two dead carcasses you've got at your feet now, Juna. Uh, but there's a third live one scrabbling over them both, trying to get to you. As
3: a bonus action, can she just wipe the bottom of her quarterstaff on the grass?
6: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, it is Oren's turn. Uh, Oren, now the, the, there's this gradually building pile of dead deer in front of him. There seems to be a bit of distance, I think, now to, the, to the, his nearest deer. He's going to pop his hammer back on his belt, pull out his um, his his blowtorch and his welding torch and uh, fire it towards the nearest deer if he may nice
1: yeah it's about 10 feet away so you've got plenty of space fab
6: oh not good nine nine, oh. nine does not hit. Uh, oh hang on oh ah could bardic inspiration bardic inspiration yeah. 12 uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, oh. no oh. you need a 13 oh. Oh. so close so close and like s- it's it's you you aim up and you think "Ah, I'm about to and then it lunges for Juna again so you just tilt up a little bit and it just shoots this little globule of flame right the way over Uh, it is the deer's turn it's going to attack you Juna but that's only a 10 to hit you Uh -uh. Uh -uh, that one's fine Uh, yeah and like I say it's just like snapping away over your head but you manage to just like hold it at bay with your amethyst stick Enkidu, the one that you've uh, managed to take out one of its legs, it's like it scrabbles forward and tries to tries to bite you. That's a 14 altogether. Oh, that just hits. Uh, in which case, you take four points of piercing damage uh, as this thing like latches onto your shin and just like starts like tearing like chunks of it out.
4: Ah!
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> Gwendolyn, what are you doing?
2: I am going to... This time I'm going to throw my spear at the... Um deer that just had a snap at Enkidu 13 13 hits oh yeah woohoo that's 4 damage
1: so uh yeah this spear goes whizzing past Enkidu's face uh and especially with like this other deer is like sort of like scrabbling along the floor um like from your position in in the tree like whoosh throws down straight into the side of the deer and it rolls away from, from Enkidu onto the ground and it's like it's almost lying on its back struggling to get back up again like its little legs kicking out um, for a brief moment it stops breathing and then just stops completely it does it does that's three gwen that you've killed okay
2: (laughs) and for my bonus action i because this is like for Gwendolyn, this is like a training session right now she's having so much fun um so she is going to do a um probably like a fancy schmancy cartwheel and go in a roundhouse kick the that like ends in a roundhouse kick at the last deer on the pitch
1: okay make an athletics check first uh or an acrobatics check rather Thirteen for my acrobatics. Thirteen. Thirteen. It's not. It's not the neatest cartwheel you've ever done. Especially as you as you go into the cartwheel, you're still sort of stood in the the fallen tree, so your your hands yeah. just collide with like bits of branch. My dress
2: gets caught in it a little bit, and I. Want to yeah,
1: play. yeah, yeah. So as you come back up, you're not entirely like sort of steady, mm-hmm. but you are close enough to to try and hit this deer. So make your attack roll.
2: Is a natural one. Oh! <laughs>
1: All right. In which na- case, for a natural one, what's going to happen is that that cartwheel carries on, uh, <laughs> and you just then colli- like collide with the ground face first. <laughs> For a brief moment it's very cool and then it's very much not. Um Enkidu, it's your turn.
4: Yeah, um seeing that once again I'm stupefied. Like what? You're clearly capable, you don't have to put on a show, and I'm mm-hmm. charging up the eldritch energy in my left hand and I'm shooting an eldritch eldritch blast at the last deer.
1: Amazing, make an attack roll.
4: Oh, 17.
1: Seventeen definitely
4: hits, yeah. Oh yeah, D10! <laughs> I don't add anything to it, do I? Uh, it's a one.
2: Gwendolyn looks out of like she's got a face in the mud and she sees that.
1: Yeah, it's 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 an impressive light show, Gwendolyn. Um and shooting these like pale greenish beams just into the sky. And one of them, yeah, collides with the side of the deer, but it's like it doesn't seem to do much beyond
7: touch the deer. It barely reacts. Gaius, it's your turn. Okay, so what Gaius is going to do is he is going to charge in with, like, brandishing a dagger from his side and charge straight in and just go, okay, I got this one. (laughs) (laughs) Straightforward with it. Feeling inspired by his friend. And he is going to roll an attack. 24 to hit. Wow. Yeah, no, they go straight into the deer's side. His damage is going to be seven, seven piercing damage. Fantastic,
1: so um, Gaius charges in from behind you all as this, as you are all struggling with this last deer. Little dagger just in two of his hands, like barely like really in control of it, but like collides straight with the deer's side um, and like tumbles on, t- on top of it as, as the, the, uh, the dagger sinks into its rib cage. And this thing like falls over, especially with his charge over and the two of them go tumbling into the ground And for a brief moment, like Gaius is just like there twisting the dagger, and this thing is like bucking a little bit, but then it like slowly just stops. Like lets out a couple of horrible, raspy breaths, and then just stops completely.
2: Woohoo! Go Gaius! Dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed everything you just heard. And yes, those puns were intentional. Grace here, as usual, to say hey and give you a little update on what is going on with us. If you didn't already know, we are on social media. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NoSmallRolls. And if you want to find our Facebook page, just search NoSmallRolls. Roll spelt R O L L -L 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 S As in, roll up, roll up, get your bread rolls. If you fancy seeing the map we used in our zombie deer battle, then do go to our social media. You will find it there along with the resources David used to create it. We love getting to interact with you. So please do tag us in your memes and your fan art. I for one would love to see some awesome zombie deer after this episode. It's wonderful being part of the D&D podcast community. And this week we have teamed up with some new friends from across the pond rolling on fate we're doing a little advert swap so do listen out for them at the end of this episode and if you too would like to get yourself an advert or a shout out on this very show then you can do so by sponsoring no small roles just slide on into our dms and we'll see what we can do Episode 5 will be out on Sunday, the 23rd of August. So make sure you subscribe to us on your favourite podcasting app. And if you haven't already please do leave us a positive review on iTunes. To all of you who have been recommending us to your friends, your family, and even your pets, we would like to say a huge thank you to you all. It really does mean the world to us, so thank you. Thank you with a cherry on top. That's all from me for now. Let's take you back into the woods.
4: Guy is shaking. Oh, God. Oh, my... I kind of, yeah, I reach out and I kind of, like, grab his bicep and just kind of give him a little shake and, like, you know, tap him. Like, you're all right. So
2: Gwendolyn, like, does one of... You know those really cool, like, jumps up from, like, your back? <laughs> <laughs> like, just... So, like, she's covered in mud. Yeah. She's an absolute yeah, mess. Yeah, yeah. does what, well,
6: should I roll for it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a t-shirt that says "Should I roll for it? <laughs> Probably."
2: <laughs> uh, that would be yet again thirteen.
1: Thirteen's enough just to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just like the slippery, slipperiness of the of the the moss and the mud underneath you that you're like, why is none of this looking so cool, like? It's all just its all just slightly less refined than she has been. Yeah,
2: she's she's not trained for a while, so I think she's a, probably a bit rusty. She gives uh, Guy a massive hug.
7: And
1: his his sleeves are once again covered in blood.
2: Oh, you were so brave, Guy!
7: Oh, yeah, like, hey, like, I, I just uh, came in, bing, bada bing, bada boom, and did what we, what needed to be done. You
3: did very well, Guy. You did very well indeed. Well done.
7: I'm a contender, what can I say? <laughs> he, ne- he never saw me coming. Everybody else, my God, like that was uh, insane.
2: I mean, that was that was a lot of fun, especially with, with there being five of us in total. I just feel, you know, I'm a bit rusty, but I feel invigorated by it all.
7: Let's just accept the fact that we just fought uh, undead deer
4: i thought you guys met an undead panther is this why is this a surprise we did yeah Uh,
2: that rather strange crowl fellow said that he'd fixed the panther i imagine he's been fixing the deer as well was
6: he anywhere near here that you met him
2: can we work out if we're near to where we Mm, call the undead panther make
1: a survival check
2: a seven
1: you're in the same woods (laughs)
2: possibly it was near here i'm not quite sure all right okay is the sparrow still around
7: (laughs) oh my god yeah i sat now unfortunately
1: with all of the chaos it's uh it's you can't see it anywhere in fact a lot of a lot of the like local little wildlife seems to have scarpered um you can see um having like killed the deer that there is there is another dead animal that they were clearly feasting on. And from the size of it, bear size, it doesn't look much like a bear anymore. It's, it's just mush and blood and fur, but uh, they, were, they were eating another animal.
4: Can I inspect the deer meat to see how long they've been undead? Yeah, make a, make a medicine check. 19. Ooh.
1: 19. Actually, do you know what? It doesn't look too decomposed. Um it looks um it looks damaged. It looks especially where all of you have fought and like killed these things as well. It looks like something had killed them previously. There's extra damage on it above what you have all uh sort of inflicted on these poor things. Um but the meat itself hasn't it, it maybe looks like a day or two old. Maybe not good enough to eat. Like it's it's gone a little bit little bit grey, but ultimately, like yeah, from from that check it's they've not been dead all that long.
2: Might I suggest that we maybe chop up this bear? I, I don't know if that crowl fellow's around, but we could maybe chop it up and like throw the pieces away. I don't much fancy fighting against an undead bear as well.
4: I'd suggest we cut its legs off, because if it's undead, the way those deers are moving around, I don't think it needs its head very much. Yeah, that's right. true. Okay. Um... Chop
2: off all the pointy
7: bits?
4: Absolutely. And I pull out up pull out the shimitar and I go to work on this bear. Yeah.
7: So- Guy is guy is gonna like cover his cover his mask with his hand, but he's just gonna leave like a little a little bit just to be like, oh god. Um, while this is happening,
6: if if we're gonna be here for ten minutes or so, can I spend ten minutes fiddling with my um with my goggles to set them to detect magic? Uh, as a ritual, just to, yeah, absolutely just to be able to have a little look at the bodies yeah, like, and just try and it'll, figure out it. Um, it'll can see it'll
1: take the others about sort of twenty minutes or so just to thoroughly check. The, the mush that is a dead bear. I think, you're like as you're cutting it away, you, you find like a few odd feathers attached to this thing, uh, in amongst all the fur. Um.
3: Whilst they're chopping up the animal and Orin's going for his goggles, can I just go and stand next to Gwen and put one hand on hers and just really softly, so only she can hear? It, I'm gonna I'm gonna say to her, Kasula would have been really proud of you today, Gwen. I hope you know that.
2: Um, and feeling a bit awkward um but but nice um Gwendolyn decides that she's gonna fish into the guts of the leftover carcasses to get out her her really nice dart that she threw earlier and retrieve her spear um she's getting a bit more comfortable with the blood she still doesn't really like it but she um she's feeling safer than she did before now that there are others with them
1: mm-hmm. and it's and you're not too far from like little uh ponds and things They've just gathered. Um so if you if you if you did want to like wash them off, like you you can. Like take take care of the uh the darts, for instance. Um Orin, as you're sort of detecting magic and looking at the carcasses, there is a faint aura around them. It seems to be quite rapidly fading as they've all died. But with detect magic you can you can see that there is there's obviously been some necromantic magic um used on them to to reanimate these things. There doesn't seem to be any as you sort of do a quick scan of the area, there doesn't seem to be anything else nearby that's magical. Um and the, the dead the dead bear thing. Also equally not not magic.
6: Okay, I'll just shout out to the rest. Yeah, Stephanie, some it looks like some sort of necromantic uh, power has been used on these
4: things. I see. And I pull out like, the feathers that I find and say, would that tie into curiously feathers in the fur? Not in the stomach itself, but uh I don't think this this might not have been fully a bear was it on the was it on the bear you found that yeah on feather? the feathers I mean quite a few maybe it simply an owl bear
2: what's an owl bear
4: as it is it's a bear with a face and features on an owl
7: we have like tracks and stuff like where we where these any direction that we could go with unless our little sparrow can tell us
3: the sparrow's gone guy the sparrow flew away never to be seen again
4: we have uh, we have very handy sort of goggles amongst us. They seem to have some kind of multi-function. Are you able to track um, things with it, friend?
6: Yeah, I've, uh, I mean they can do different things. I mean today, to be honest, they can only really detect magic. I'd have to spend a bit more time tinkering with them to make them do other things. Well, maybe we uh, should just
3: keep walking the way we were facing. I don't
4: know.
6: Yeah, I don't think I don't think we can go back.
4: I don't think we've really. If it takes a few hours to return to tradition, it'll be dark by the time we get there.
7: Yeah, I don't like the idea of, like, staying in the woods with a witch at night, specifically.
2: I mean, we did stay in the woods before, and there's more of us now.
7: Yeah, that's true as well. So we could, we could, and, like, keep an eye and keep watch. You got those amazing goggles. Um,
6: yeah, I'm going to be honest, I'm not the best at seeing at night.
7: Uh, (laughs) uh... Same here, buddy. But we got, we got fire. Yeah,
6: yeah. yeah
3: I'll yeah. keep
2: an eye out. Don't you worry. And and maybe this this witch will be attracted to us, um, and and our energy in the wood, and That's then we'll, she will come to us, and we don't have to go looking for her. And and then we can strike.
4: I think that would be the worst possible scenario you can yeah, think of. Yeah,
7: like I like the like uh what's the phrase? Uh don't mountain come to Mohammed but Mohammed come to the mountain. Whatever. But like I like that, but like the thing about striking. Let's 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 gauge it when we see her. Who disagrees with the idea of staying in the woods? Uh,
4: I think we should stay in the woods. We have no idea how long it will take us to reach this woman.
7: Okay. Do we want to stay here with all with all the the dead things around us?
3: I think we came from that direction. She points to sort of Behind e right where they've come from so I think it stands to reason we should go in that direction and points in front fronty left
2: we have a few more hours of daylight we can probably find somewhere that's a bit more you know camp like and we can pick up some sticks and things to
3: help us um set up a good camp along the way by this point June has started like very slowly moving North slash in fronty
1: left. Uh, you start heading fronty lefty. Um, can you, um, if you're looking for sticks, Gwendolyn? Can you make a a survival check, please?
2: I sure can. Baby, baby.
1: Nine. Nine. You you find some sticks.
4: Yeah, I these, do. These
1: are not good security setting up sticks, but they might do for for dry uh, for dry firewood, perhaps. How
4: how thick in the forest are we?
1: Um, as you sort of head back as you as you carry on your way it does dip in and out of being open and and quite uh quite entangled uh, there there are sections that you're almost having to cut your way through some some low bushes and vines and things um but largely there's it's there's always enough there's there's enough footpath it's slow work but there's like some of it's clambering over quite thick roots of trees uh, but then it again open up into another small clearing that you can pass through quite easily it's a bit all over the place, this pool would. There are quite a few little streams and things as you go as well, so you'll like, all stop and have a quick drink and carry on. As you're, as you're walking and just having a look around, can everybody make a perception check?
4: Fourteen. Three. Ten.
2: Seven. I'm rolling cack.
1: <laughs> hmm. Maybe try rolling dice. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> um, in which case, Oren, uh, you... Uh, you spot him first. There's uh, a half-elf gentleman sort of trumping... Uh, tr- everything's trumping through this woods.
6: <laughs> it's
1: just a loud word, so much.
5: Yeah, it's because the there's so much fruit in the woods. <laughs> yeah, <and there's>, um, <laughs> um,
1: yeah, Walking. He's just walking through the woods.
3: Keep it up. Two, three,
1: four. Uh, it's, it's probably about five ten, five eleven. this chap. Um, half-elf from what you can see, sort of a ruddy... Rosy-cheeked guy, black coal hair tied back. Um, he seems quite broad, um, but he's having no trouble walking through this wood at all. Whereas the rest of you are like clambering over things occasionally. He's just like he—he he seems to have an air that he knows it quite well. But what's more shocking, or like sort of worrying for you, is that he's got a massive deer carcass over one shoulder.
7: Does it look like the guy we've seen before? No. Is this Krell?
1: That—that other guy was more like gollumy, like hunched and like shriveled. This guy—he just seems fairly normal, just at home in the woods.
7: I relay
4: that. Yeah. I mean, he's strong enough to carry a deer.
3: Well, maybe we should just say hello. I'm
4: willing to risk it. I mean, we need some kind of help. We have no idea where we're going. <laughs> I,
3: I look, I look, I look to the other four and go, "Cover me!" <laughs> and Duna comes out looking as old lady as she can.
1: Uh, the guy, as he's as he's walking along. He seems to be in a little world of his own uh, and hasn't noticed you all sort of approaching. Um, so has a brief moment that he almost drops this carcass uh, uh, and stops uh, and looks at you and is like, uh, sorry, uh, what?
5: What's your
3: name, young man? It's very rare to meet someone coming through the I mean, forest. It's very rare but... for
1: people just to approach me in the forest. Um...
7: Just at that moment, um, I throw some leaves over Juna. Um,
1: the guy uh, drops the carcass at this <laughs> flurry of leaves um, and just goes for a sword at his side.
3: Oh no, there's no need for that. I'm Junior. It's lovely to meet you. And you are... Uh, Matrim. Matrim.
1: Matrim Brood. Matrim. I work here. What we'll brings you to the forest? Who are you? You're not locals.
3: We're looking for the witch.
1: He sort of relaxes a little bit and looks at you and goes, I wouldn't bother with her.
3: Oh, why not?
1: If you're in need of a witch, then uh, I can't be trusting you, unfortunately. And he goes, he starts picking up the carcass again, leaves it onto his shoulder.
3: Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you can't trust us if we're in need of a witch?
1: I mean, she's a witch. If you're looking for a witch for help, then you're probably not, not good folk. That's just an assumption.
3: No, we're not looking for a witch for bad things. We're on the hunt for some sort of cure for this here gallows cough. Have you heard of it?
1: Yeah, there's not been any new cases in years. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I, I'm just in Tillisham.
7: Juno, would you maybe like explain to our new friend here? Like, why also we're looking for this uh, for this Rowana? Well, what we
3: want to we want to see what's going on with this here gallows cough? There's people that still need this medicine, and apparently she's the one that can help us. So our intentions are pure. You need to understand that. It's just we don't really know what else to do.
1: We've got a doctor in town that deals with all of that, though.
3: I hope you're not re- talking about this Dr. Hograd. Because if you're from Tillersham, young man, then you'll know she's missing. I'm going to perception check the hell out of this man. Insight
4: check him. Insight check.
3: I want to insight check even better, because I got better scores, but I didn't
4: get
5: it. six.
1: six. Um, he, The impression you get is that he is not aware that the doctor is missing. Uh, So that is new information for him from his reaction. Is, like, there's some concern in his Mm. face? Um, And his demeanor slightly shifts? uh, No, wait. I can't believe that we've been in
3: Tillersham a day and we know that Dr. Hograd is missing. And you live in Tillersham, but you don't know this.
1: I mean, I... To, to be honest, I spend most of my time here in the forest. What do
3: you do in the forest? What do you do in the forest?
1: I'm I'm, I'm gamekeeper for the Vondella Estate.
3: Right. Of course, you are. So
1: that's uh, what I'm just. I'm. I don't mean to be rude, but I mean I really should have been back a while ago well, with this. Do
2: you, by any chance? I mean, obviously, you you don't think that um, witches are, are good people potentially, but do you know if you could send us in the right direction? Either she can help with the gallows cough, or she might have something to do with the. Um, the burglary at the Knocking Point. Um, we're 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 interested to find any information we can. To just we just want to help people out, really.
4: Why would she have anything to do we with detected t- magic, friend, um, in the place where things were st- stolen from the Knocking Point? And going around the town and speaking to others, it turns out there aren't any magic users. In around Tillisham, apart from Lady Von herself or the witch. And we guess the witch would be the most likely to cause any kind of mischief, so this is why we're here.
1: I mean, yeah, that makes sense, I suppose, yeah. I, I wouldn't know anything about that, but if you're saying there's magic involved, it's pro yeah. Like it wouldn't be Lady Vondale, so it must be the witch.
3: Can I insight check him again or have I burned? No, you can insight check him out. again if you like. Still don't <laughs> trust this dude. That's more like it. Dirty twenty.
1: Uh, In which case, can everybody else take off your headphones?
3: (gasps) Ah!
1: So there is, as as you're sort of looking at him, especially talking about the brewery and the... He seems to know something about that, about the burglary. Um, But with the suggestion that it's magic involved, he also seems very happy to just support that idea. That it's... um, Oh, it must be the witch. Like, he, he... You can see that he's latched on to that reasoning rather than and is trying to convince you of your own thoughts which then makes you doubt that whole situation yourself
3: okay so I'm like oh he's trying really hard to make us like support the witch
1: or, or like yeah to make her make you he's think he's covering something up exactly he's, he almost seems too eager to, to, to confirm that it was the witch that took it uh, or was involved so yeah that which then makes you doubt completely whether or not that's necessarily what's happened Headphones back on, everyone. Yeah, uh, I don't know. She seems... Well, the witch, she's, she lives in a bog up north, north end of the forest. But it's... it's yeah, it's, it's it's probably about two days' walk, I'll be honest. Two days?
3: <laughs> but you think it would be worth it to walk that far?
1: Yeah, uh, if you think she's got something to do with all of that. And if you need her for the, the gallows cough, I suppose, yeah, she might be able to help out about that stuff, yeah.
3: Well, that's very helpful of you, then, young man.
4: Friend, we are also under the assumption that if this witch is as ill-favored as I have in the person she may be, it may come down to a fight. And um, we've encountered there are things in this woods that are that are not friendly. And if we are to last the journey there, we're going to need a place to rest. Um, I don't want to burden you too much. I know you have your own duties out here, but would you be willing to either? help us out point out a good place in the surrounding area to stay or do you have lodgings nearby that could possibly house the five of us just for an evening
1: i'll be honest i uh i make most of my excursions straight out of the estate so i don't have lodgings as such around here um what i would say uh is that there is stuff going on in in these woods recently all at night so i wouldn't camp here if you're not prepared for a fight
2: Perhaps, if it's going to take us two days to get there, perhaps we want to go back to Tillisham and get supplies this time. We also have that luncheon tomorrow.
6: Maybe it doesn't feel like the most important thing in the world right now. Well, yes,
2: but um, Guy might be able to get some money from playing. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I find myself a bit purse light right
3: now. I think that sounds like a lovely idea. We go back and then we
2: come back for the witch. And we might even be able to find some transport, make the journey quicker.
1: Yeah, I mean, from Tillisham, if you were to follow the river up, it would probably sort of save you a bit more time than just the river at the north end of the town. If you just follow that into the, the woods, it would save you a bit more time, Leads lead more toward the bog than than if you were from here anyway. Still still take your day thank and Thank
3: you are. very much.
1: That's all right. Are you heading back now? Because I can lead you out, if save you a bit of time like that.
4: Would well, That would be very much appreciated. Yeah.
3: Why, thank yeah.
4: you. No worries, no worries sorry i don't mean to
1: ask again who who, what what are your names juna juna yeah hi juna
2: yeah i'm um, i'm i'm gwendolyn fabulosa
1: um i'm orin hi orin yeah i'm guy is a uh, you, you sing do you you got you got you got you got that loop
7: yeah i sing i uh i have many talents uh one of them especially is singing and performing songs. And uh, I also have any uh, sonnets. If you want me to sell you a love sonnet, you got a little lady they want to impress, I'm your guy. Uh, maybe, how much? Um, normally, it's uh, five silver for the sonnet. And for a private performance of mine, I normally come at at least five gold.
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know about performance, but um, if you can write one as we walk back, I'll give you five silver. I'll give it to my wife. All right. And, <laughs> and you at the back with the big sword? I just, it's more if we're walking through the forest, I want to shout your names out so anyone else knows to come and kill you if you attack me.
4: In Kidu, and I, I say, like, you're, you're in good hands here, friend. And I just, the little mage hand pops out <laughs> and, just, and gives a thumbs up. This scaly mage hand with the claw.
7: has emojis following him everywhere. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy emojis. I'll
1: just keep on my speed, all right? And he, he turns and he starts, like, sort of tromping away. Because everyone trumps in the woods. Um so you get back around sort of seven, eight o'clock at night. Um the sun's just starting to dip. Um and you're all still a little bit hungry. I say a little bit you you had that whole deer escapade. And so whilst you've been eating like some pears as you go along, you don't necessarily feel all that full. Um when you sort of make it back toward the town though, um uh Matrim like drops drops the carcass down, starts rummaging into his into his pockets and pulls out five silver. And goes, uh, go on then, where's your sonnet?
7: And I uh, whip out one of my uh, sonnets, and uh, I'll just be like, "Uh, what's your wife's name? Dahlia. Dahlia. To Dahlia. Love. And then I just need your inscription just here.
1: Uh, MB, Matrium Brug.
7: And there we go, and boom. There you go, five silver, please. Uh, Yeah, there you go.
1: That's nice, that's fancy.
7: Well, thank you very much. Uh, tell sure your like friends that. I'm in town for at least. Uh, how long are we gonna be here for? Well, at least till lunch tomorrow. At least till lunch tomorrow. <laughs> so tell your friends that we're at the uh, the knocking point. Oh, you're staying there. Yep.
3: Why do you say it with that tone, young man?
7: Well,
1: just with the robbery and that. I just I didn't realise they were still renting rooms. That makes sense actually. It's the only place in town that does rent rooms. So anyway, um, and he sort of he hoists up this. The, the the deer carcass again just gives you all a nod and walks walks off towards toward the Vondella
4: estate
3: i'm going to tell you one thing i do not trust that half elf i'm going to say it now i will say it again I don't trust him as far as i can throw him
4: i kind of um i, I nudge arin and say <laughs> <laughs> um can you use your goggles see if his um, see if that magic kind of essence from the deer earlier is on this man here
6: I'm going to be honest. It's probably going to take me ten minutes to do it. Damn uh, it. <laughs> we're a, it's a
4: long walk. It's a long walk. To
6: be yeah, if you want to nudge me earlier in the walk. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, we can so. we can on it. That back <laughs> retcon, a little bit. Retcon. Yeah, I don't mind. Don't mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. If I can spend ten minutes while we're walking along, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tuning up my goggles.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. And then um, just sort of
6: quietly, subtly at some point, just slip them on. Just. Trying not to make so, too much of a scene about uh,
1: it. He does seem to be carrying something that's magical. It's oh. a faint transmutation essence oh. around his belt. Not the belt itself, just something in one of the pouches. But anyway, back in town.
3: Back in town, I still don't trust the guy. He still don't, far as I can throw him.
7: Juna, I, um, I, I saw you giving a lot of shifty looks to him when he wasn't looking like... You just get the feeling, or like...
3: He works for Vondell. He wants us to chase a witch. He knows something about those brewery robberies. I think there's something fishy going on in that Vondell place. Doesn't seem right to me. Doesn't seem right.
4: Wait, hang on. Sorry, Miss Thetthorn, hang on. He knows about the robbery, but he doesn't know that the doctor is missing. That doesn't add up.
3: It doesn't add up, does it? no.
2: Well no none of the actual people from the town know about the robbery when we were speaking to Mia before they were they seemed quite shocked that we knew about the robbery um not the uh, one at the knocking point i mean the one at the doctors so i think it's been kept under wraps should we oh, follow, let's him? follow him yes
6: who who here is the stealthiest the sneakiest i can not be
4: seen it's been in my previous job before to be a sneak <laughs>
2: And also we do need to um, find out where their home is because we're going there for luncheon tomorrow. So even if we get seen, um, we have a good excuse.
4: Oh, yeah, that's true.
2: Juna's very good at slinking into the shadows.
4: Yeah, so is Nkido. actually.
1: I think, uh, to be honest, I think a lot of you have have all got proficiency in stealth, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Does Gwendolyn have it? Yeah, I think you're all proficient. That's like that slow realisation that actually you're all sort of up for sneaking around. Um everyone make a make a stealth check. And it almost becomes a bit of a competition <laughs> as you start moving through town. Ooh.
4: Ooh.
3: Nineteen.
4: Dirty nineteen. Orin what'd you get? Twenty-three. Oh,
2: Ooh, oh yes! Very nice. Sneaky. Twenty-one. Amazing.
1: Twenty-one for oh guys. Um, Gwendolyn, what'd you get?
2: Another fucking thirteen. You're stuck on thirteen so today. It's very
1: unlucky. Um so Gwendolyn, you start off and you think you're doing pretty well. Um, for stealth uh, until you get to Survelt Square uh, at which point with the, the small crowds that are mingling and, and sort of gossiping and packing up for the day you just get a little bit there's one too many people glancing over at you and whispering to each other so you're like oh I've been spotted um, Enkidu and Juna seeing that Gwendolyn is, is almost distracting a lot of the crowd the two of you sort of break off and you can see each other circling around like uh, the edges very little people are taking notice of you dip into an alleyway or so uh, and you pop out however none of you have noticed where Gaius and Orin have gone you you also reconvene on the other side of the square and you're like you have no idea until Guy steps out of the shadows from behind you all and is like hello um, hey how you doing and it's only that um, Orin suddenly appears because he's chosen to at like the far end of another street you're you're all slightly mind blown that he's gotten that far Considering he's got so many tools and things on him, you'd think he clanks all over the place. But he has ended up, like, three or four sort of, like, bisections ahead of you.
3: Amazing.
4: I will slow clap with one admiration. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll kind of, like, give him, like, a very slow nod.
1: And you all reconvene again, and the um, the main road out of Servelt Surve- Square um, actually leads over to a little bridge. Um, that when you get to it, you can see very clearly from one side of the river to the north of the town. Um... That the bridge uh, the road on the bridge um, splits almost straight away on the other side of the river, uh, one of them winds off into loads of farmland, but the other one goes directly into a walled estate um, and from your view it's quite it's quite a it's quite a spacious thing there's a, a large manor in in the center of it, um, sort of further back beyond that there's loads of trees and things, but the entire thing like I say is walled off curiously over to the east like just tucked behind the 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 manor proper you can see a crumbled tower um that is sort of stood alone stood uh, just apart from the rest of the the building um uh probably about two stories high um it looks very old uh and like it like i say it's it's crumbled but it's it's almost a little bit too perfectly Ooh. crumbled
2: oh the, the the person in the sh- the shop the sh- the store of plenty um, they. T- she told us that that they they built this special tower that that um, they d- they made it look like this on purpose. Oh, that's really clever, the clever, isn't it? It does look very old, but it's not. What? Um, a, a mock um, ruin.
4: Why would you do such a thing?
2: Uh, to be fancy, I don't know.
1: Make a make a history check, Gwendolyn.
7: It's a fake world heritage site <laughs>
2: uh, that is a 17 yay
7: a
1: 17 um yeah like uh, uh, coming from an ability, especially with Orin saying the word folly you'd never quite like piece together what people were talking about when they meant that um but yeah it's like a it's like a show off of wealth to build a fake crumbling tower almost um just to say look we are we've got so much money we can build things that look like shit
2: i tell everybody that remembering that oh yes yes i remember yes that's that's what they do it's it's a very popular thing for rich people to do
7: rich people are weird rich people are weird man
3: rich people are definitely weird i
2: mean not all rich people are
7: weird most but you know, to each their own. As long as they got coin, and that coin is loose, and that coin is going in my pocket. Um. So, which way to this manor then? Which direction?
3: J- Juno puts a like a tiny gnome hand on each of Gwen's cheeks and gives her a little t- on the forehead. Says, "Don't mind them."
1: So, um, the the manor the manor is is very definitely on the other side of the river, and it's very easy just to cross the cross the bridge uh, and follow the road up to its up to its gate. But as you all stood there staring at it with the sun setting behind you. That's where we'll leave today's no. session.
5: No. Oh. 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 Such fun.
2: Uh. You have been listening to David Knight as your dungeon master, Ben Galpin as Orin, Chris Watts as Gaius, Daryl Bailey as Enkidu. Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn and Vicky Gaskin as Juna Original music by David Knight Please tell your friends, subscribe and follow us on all the social medias Thank you for listening to No Small Roles Anon for now
6: Join our adventurers as they discover how strange portals
0: alter Revelheim. Do you hear that, Ainsley? Our lord, Paylor, blesses us.
4: I didn't realize you worshipped a salesman. Actually, Marian, I'm pretty sure this is a dad.
6: Rolling on Fate is an actual play D&D podcast.
7: d and I love death caps and dish rags.
2: No truth, what's a podcast? It is an interdimensional sonic
0: communication feed, Vanilla. Very simple.
6: Nortrud, are you indicating that we're in treble? <laughs> <laughs> Bellius, did you hear that? I actually had a good one, Bellius. You can find Rolling on Fate every other Wednesday wherever you download podcasts. You mean podcasts? Taylor, a- anyone? I can't see. I I think I'm stuck in one of those podcasts. Rolling on Fate. Come see where the dice take us.